change. It's a simple word that symbolizes a complex, unavoidable reality. One that most people are averse to and avoid at all costs. It's also a constant in the world of business, including talent acquisition. The most savvy leaders are those who are not only mindful of change, but know how to guide others through transition as well. In today's episode, I talk with Jason Paradowski, Head of HR Services and Talent Acquisition at Bosch North America. We discuss change management, what makes it difficult and rewarding, as well as what Jason did at Bosch to streamline the company's talent function, increase their hiring velocity, and drive TA transformation with zero increase in budget an initiative that gave the company a competitive hiring advantage against other major tech corporations using the principles of change management. For more information on the topic, be sure to check the show notes. Enjoy the episode, and until next time, take care. Jason, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. At Bosch, you, among many other things, obviously, are responsible for the optimization of talent acquisition strategies. And I'm assuming that that is a task that kind of requires an ongoing um, ability to navigate change management, um, which will be the, the, the focal point of today's discussion. And we can you know, get into the specifics of that um, in just a minute. But to that end, is there anything else that you would like to add about uh, the nature of your work and how change management you know, uh, is part of your ongoing responsibility? Sure. Um, yeah, in general, as heading up our shared service organization for the Americas, it, the whole process involves change management for the organization, for HR people, for talent acquisition people, um, hiring managers, as well as you know, associates across the entire organization. And as a result of that experience launching this organization, you know, we learned a lot about what it took to get stakeholder commitment, stakeholder alignment, um, focus amongst a project team, as well as then buy-in across an entire community of people that needed to come together to make a successful change. Um, when it comes to talent acquisition specifically, uh, we started with a very distributed model, maybe like many larger companies do. Mm-hmm. You know, we have over 400,000 people around the world, um, over 20 different you know, units and divisions and things like that in that organization. And everybody was responsible for their own piece of the talent acquisition puzzle. And typically your HR person at the site was responsible for managing that. Sometimes by themselves, sometimes with external partners, um, but it was completely distributed. And as we made this transition some seven years ago to a shared services model, the shared services concept, we first started with the basics. And then had, I had the chance to get involved in the talent acquisition space. So I've been there as you know individual recruiter, been there as a business partner and a generalist throughout my um, you know, career at different places um, around uh, North America. But Ultimately, it wasn't until we had this chance to pull together a shared services organization that we could influence talent acquisition at scale. And so change management is something that you're very familiar with and and comfortable with at this point, you would say? Absolutely. Um, And I would say that it was something that many people have asked me, well, gosh, what is change management? Mm. And it wasn't really until the last couple of years that I learned really that it's a process. Just like managing a project, that you can use to successfully influence an organization to adopt a change. So you might want to introduce a technology. Um, You might want that is going to change people's behavior.
behavior as well. Mm -hmm. Well, if you introduce the technology without also engaging in change management for the stakeholders, they won't change their behavior. They'll do what they did before, and you won't get good utilization out of your new tool. And within the last couple of years at Bosch, we've actively been engaging with some different experiments around the world to figure out what change management method or what change management process can really work for us as a business and settled on something that is just as robust as you know getting a PMP certification. Mm -hmm. You can get a certification in change management. Oh, wow. And what does it take to then make people's behavior align with your goals and expectations as an organization? So it wasn't until I had that chance that I really learned how to make it repeatable. Okay. So it wasn't just something that, boy, you had somebody who was good at change management. They're good at stakeholder alignment. They're good at communication. They're good at uh, addressing fears in an organization. But it was a set of behaviors, a set of skills that you could also teach people in a systematic way. And that's what I think has really made a difference in our approach and in our success in getting something um, uh, like the Smart Recruiters tool that we launched a few years ago mm -hmm. to be so successfully and widely adopted across the business. I think that would make you the perfect guest for today's episode then. Uh, and so I, I'm interested, I know that you've, you've written about the topic of change management, especially as it pertains to uh, developing new strategies and deploying them. Mm -hmm. And you've written a series of articles on LinkedIn titled, uh, correct me if I got this wrong, uh, Operations Management and Strategy Deployment, Getting the Right Things Done. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yeah, it's something that uh, is based off of one of the books that I rely on in my career help with strategy deployment mm -hmm. and getting an organization aligned around goals. Um, it's a book by Pascal Dennis um, called Getting the Right Things Done. So you can get things done if you're a David Allen fan and know GTD um, you know, about personal workflow management. But then this book really takes a look at the techniques and tools and methods that you can use in an organization um, to align people around a goal and ultimately to successfully achieve it. And so, yeah, it's something that I am passionate about um, and certainly practice on a regular basis within my own teams and organization. You know, the question is maybe where did we start? Um, you know, we were at this place where we had very diversified uh, talent acquisition processes. You know, every site was responsible for themselves. And the first thing that we um, had decided as a team was that we wanted to develop a model that we could sell, right? We didn't want to force people to make a change, but instead we wanted to demonstrate success on a smaller scale, a pilot if you will, or something like that, and then communicate that success to the organization so that way um, they would buy into it. So we gathered a group of people centrally within our regional operations within HR, specialists in rewarding, specialists in talent acquisition, um, like myself, I have a background in operations management and manufacturing mm -hmm. um, and pulled us together as an agile team to start to think about how could we make a change. And so the first step, I would say, to successful change management is deciding that you're not satisfied with your current state and developing that vision of what that future could be. And so the group of us, I don't remember exactly how many of us, it was six, seven, eight people started coming together every few weeks just to talk about what did we know, what didn't we know. Um, began you know researching what are our competitors doing, how do we stand relative to our competitors, 
and looked at kind of the core elements of you know, cost, quality, delivery, mm-hmm. um, or in terms of talent acquisition, you know, what's our hiring velocity, what's our speed at filling, um, what's our you know, net promoter score, our satisfaction of candidates and hiring managers with the process, as well as you know, how efficient are we at that, and what's our costs behind generating those kinds of uh, levels of speed and satisfaction. And we discovered that we were nowhere near benchmark. Okay. Right? We had um, upwards of 90 days on average time to fill for our indirect positions or salaried positions across the organization here in the region. Uh, we had hiring manager satisfaction and HR partner satisfaction um, you know, a little better than 50%. Um, and knew that our best competitors in the space did things completely differently than we did. And while Bosch has its, its roots as a manufacturing company, it's also one of the largest um, you know, companies in the Internet of Things space. Uh, it's one of the largest players in Industry 4.0, or the fourth industrial revolution, where connected equipment, machines, people, and processes drive better results. Um, we're into smart cities, smart grids, um, and automated driving. Um, so we're kind of the behind-the-scenes players that do all of the software, all of the um, you know, analytics behind making those things happen. So we're competing with the likes of smart recruiters. We're competing with the likes of Google and Facebook and every other player that's looking for software engineers. And they do it much faster. They do it much better. And so how would we go about changing that model when we're at 90 days and we realize the best of the best could fill a job within under five? So you had to start with a vision of the future. And I think most of my peers at that time thought I was absolutely crazy. People in that room, people as we started to communicate that message outward, um, and I said, you know what? We have to compete with five days. We're at 90 on average. On a bad day, we're at 300. On a good day, you know, we're at 50. We have to compete with five days. We need to take out 97% of the process time in our existing system in order to be competitive in the marketplace. So that was step one. Develop a vision. Yep. A compelling, um, audacious goal uh, that you could paint a clear picture of. Mm-hmm and that then people could start to see, okay, what would it look like? And that was the first big change management exercise that we engaged in outside of our small team, was we brought together, um, I guess, the community of our lead HR business partners across the region for all of the divisions, brought in some of their talent acquisition people centrally, and had a a workshop, um, just like where everybody else starts, and laid out this audacious vision. Then ask them, okay, how would you build a five-day process? Mm-hmm. What would it look like? Okay, great. Lay that out. Now, what would you need in order to make that happen? Great. Laid out tons of ideas. You know, lots of talented people in the room came up with a lot of ideas, and then we prioritized those as a group. What are the, you know, what's the one thing that you would want to see to make a change? Great. Boom. Now we had a roadmap. And we started to get by, right? But I, I'd be naive if I thought that everybody bought into this vision of five days. In fact, 
people on my own team still thought, ah, this is crazy. We will never achieve that kind of success. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in two years, we got about halfway to the goal, right? So we're under 40 days time to fill. We're approaching 30 days time to fill. Um, and we have strategies to keep going forward. But that first step of setting the vision, getting alignment, getting commitment, um, for me was the first step of engaging that change and what would you say was the hardest step in that process? I don't know that at that step it was necessarily hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was real, right? It wasn't made up. We all had experiences competing against others in the space where we perhaps lost candidates to someone who was more nimble, more agile was better at selling their story and their value proposition, um, had a completely different hiring process, and that we lost out on what we considered to be the best candidates. So there was desire, if you will. Um, there's Once we pointed it out, you know, there was awareness of a need to change and a desire to change in that small group. Then I mentioned before that, you know, gosh, maybe at best 50% satisfaction with our hiring process with hiring managers at the time. Mm-hmm. So again, there was a pain point. And to me, that is the first step. If you can't get desire to make the change, then you would be dead on arrival. And that's kind of where you would have to start, is making people aware of the need and getting them to buy into the concept. In our case, we knew we wanted to improve. And we had a vision of what we could do. And so it started to become then a shift towards project management or execution around different elements um, and relentless, I guess, focus on what I consider to be the vital few things to change. So one of the techniques that we relied on is um, a prioritization method that we refer to as our top five rolling four. So what are your top five projects for the next four quarters? And then you meet again in 12 weeks. Okay, what are your top five projects for the next four quarters? And you know they're less clear four quarters out than they are one quarter out, um, but it allowed us to come together as a team, even though we were working in different areas, and stay aligned on, all right, what's the next one thing, two things, maximum five things we were gonna drive in our team, in our organization, to start to move towards this goal? Um, so we shifted into project management. And then, uh, once we had things to change, then we had to switch gears back again, right? Now we had to change people's behavior. Now we have a network of recruiters that you have to influence. You have a network of hiring managers whose behavior you need to change. Um, And engaged in your typical communication activities, right? We engaged in training exercises. And that's where, in my experience as well, most change management efforts stop. Hey, we're going to change. Hey, it's coming on date X. Hey, this is what you need to do differently. Here's your training manual. Here's your job aids. Okay, you wipe your hands and good luck. Right. And the difference, um, what we instituted here, again, comes from our experiences in change management, is that it requires a lot more than that. It requires one-on-one communication. It requires one-on-one training. It requires one-on-one feedback. And you have to enable in an entire network 
to help every single person change the behaviors that you want to see. Right? So we started with this network of talent ambassadors with every one of those major divisions and that they were the key focal point to enable change within their group. And then we empowered them with you know, a weekly meeting. Here's what's coming. Here's what's changing. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we've done on last week's. Okay, where are you struggling? and built up this group of people, a cohort, if you will, that could act as our partners in driving change in the process, in driving change in the tools as well, so that way we could get a different outcome. They then were responsible for helping to communicate to all the recruiters, right? and being their coach, being their mentor, being their model um, as we went down this journey. And gosh, here we are now five years later, and we still have that meeting. Yep. It meets every other week now, not every single week, um, but it still meets all the time to address what's next and what's happening in the business to keep people empowered, to keep people aware of change, to keep people um, focused on where we can do better and driving momentum towards whatever that top priority is for what we're going to do next. So at first it was kind of like a, a trickle-down pilot program. Well, and or, is that, or is that a clunky way to, to I describe it? I don't know if it's a clunky way or yeah. not, but um, change management, yeah, you've got your group at the, at the center. Mm -hmm. We aligned with leadership mm -hmm. across the organization, both functional leadership as well as business leadership about what we were changing and why. And then we had these group of change agents, if you will, that were specialists in the talent acquisition space that could be that ground-level engine, that ground-level change engine for support um, to make these things a reality. And, I mean, we're still working on it, mm -hmm. right? We, but we talk about when we build something that we want to design something to meet the business's requirements. Then we need to install it. And then many stop there. We've built it, it's in. And as I was hinting at before, now you've got to change people's behavior. You've got to really enable the organization through constant feedback, constant communication, um, awareness of the current state, um, help in prioritizing what to do next in order to enable them to optimize that model. And I mean, I'm pleased to say, proud to say now, you know, well, yeah, we've, we've taken out maybe 55% of our process time. Uh, we've improved our customer satisfaction um, or our, you know, our net promoter score. Um, we don't think of it in exactly that same way, but we're now averaging you know, above 4.5 on a five-point scale, whereas before we were three on a five-point scale with hiring manager, candidate, and HR partner satisfaction. Mm -hmm. um, and we did it without increasing our central budget for any of these activities. We changed what we did um, and what we focused on in order to get those kind of results. I'm sure your CFO was very happy about that. <laughs> Not just the CFO, everyone. Um, you know, again, and are we 100% successful? Of course not. Um, we still have a distributed model, mm -hmm. and that leads us, I think, is going to be the next major change. If we're going to ch compete with a five-day concept, we have to get to a model that's more like some of what our competitors do and have central hiring teams, right, that are working on particular talent pools um, consistently in order to hire them. Today, we're still distributed. I would say we've got five now main talent hubs across the region. 
that are focusing in on our most difficult hiring needs, as well as managing the process for your routine hiring needs. And in order to make the next shift, I think it's going to require us to take another step shift in our process and our methods. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Are we pleased? Is, is our leadership pleased? Yes. Um, and the fact that we could do it at the same cost efficiency but improve our performance so dramatically, um, of course it's well respected and appreciated across the business. If you were mentoring someone who was kind of new to the concept of change management, what would you tell them is probably the most difficult part of that process? Or like where can you expect to be frustrated? No, great question. Yeah. Um, where can you expect to be frustrated? Anywhere along the journey. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have an adaptive mindset in my experience when managing change. You're, you're working with people. Right? You, you talked about at the beginning that you've got people, process, and systems. Um, and when you're working with people, you know, we're idiosyncratic. We're emotional. Um, we don't always think logically. Uh, we have different needs than you might think. And a typical project management plan has dates and deadlines and execution elements. Um, and then we do the same thing with change management. Well, on this date, we're gonna communicate this to this group of people, and then, you know, magically, you're gonna have the results that you're looking for. And so the first bit of advice that I would give to somebody if you're working to change behavior is to recognize that it's not gonna be a straight line. It's not gonna work exactly according to plan. But what you can do is that you can rely on a process and an approach to managing change that helps you to address the fact that it's going to be maybe a little bit messy along the way. That allows you to come back and refocus and ask, where are we relative to our goal? Okay, what's the current roadblock we're facing? What's the most important thing that we can be working on today to influence people's behavior? Is it that they don't know we want them to change? Is it that they know we want to change, but they don't really have the desire to do it? Do they not have the knowledge or the ability to do it? Are they not being rewarded for it? Um, where along that change journey, from a process perspective, can you influence the organization? And how can you get other people involved from the organization to tell you what to do next. You know, a lot of times I would say the change management process um, has clear process steps, has clear gates. Um, you go up and back through them. Um, and so you have to really be flexible in um, how you go forward. One of the steps um, in strategy deployment that you mentioned, and I suppose that this is borrowed from Pascal, is um, correct me if I'm wrong, A3 thinking, mm -hmm. or like utilizing storytelling to um, communicate why, yes. why you're affecting change. Mm -hmm. How important do you think that is, and like, are there any best practices that you could share with our listeners on, on how to effectively communicate why you're doing and, and how it's going to happen? Well, the why often has to be personal. Right? So I loved how you said it's, it's a device for storytelling and for those of our listeners who may not what, know what that is, an A3 is the size of paper. Um, it's a European convention for paper sizing. And in our world, it's about um, 11 by 17. So it's a, a large sheet of paper. And it's a method that 
teaches people how to tell a story of where they are and where they want to go on one page. And the reason it's on one page is so it's easy to share with others. Now, even though, yeah, I believe in A3 thinking, I don't often use an A3 template okay. myself, right? Mm -hmm. For me, the form gets in the way. But the thinking behind it of sharing where are you and where do you want to go is that first part that you're asking about. You know, what is your why? Why do you need to make a change? What's the business reality that you're facing for your organization um, or for your team that if you don't change or if you don't take advantage of this opportunity, you know, what will you miss out on? So you start definitely with that description of your current state and desired future state and have to paint it in terms that resonate for the people that you're working with and talking to. Um, and so I loved how you, you indicated that yeah, it's a storytelling exercise to explain that why behind change. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice or one final takeaway, what would it be? A couple of things. Um, I know you said one. That's okay, I'm flexible. things are coming to mind. Um, the first is, you know, dream big. Start with something that might seem impossible for your organization or your team, but that would really make a difference to the success of your, your organization or your business. And be passionate about it then. Get to really understand why you want to make that change and how it can influence the organization. So that's the first thing. Because if you're not passionate about it, you aren't necessarily going to be as successful, I believe, in the hard work of changing other people's minds about what it is that your vision is. And you know, you talked about the roadblocks and the stumbling blocks and the, you know, where are you going to run into challenges. I don't know where exactly you're going to run into them on each change effort that you go on, but you will encounter them. You will encounter people who don't want to change or who thinks that your vision doesn't align what the organization needs, or will say they're going to do it, but then won't. Um, and it can be very frustrating. It can be very draining um, as a change practitioner in an organization or as a leader of change in your organizations. And so with by having that vision, by having that clear perspective of where you want to go, I think that that can give you energy to deal with those challenges. And so don't give up. Don't be frustrated by that, because that is part of the process. Yeah. Hold on to your true North Star, right? Absolutely. Great. OK, Jason, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your insights on change management. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much. Glad to have been here. Have you been searching for the best way to run your talent function? Then look no further than our newly released Hiring Success Masterclass. This six-hour class is designed and taught by global TA experts and delivers the building blocks for talent acquisition transformation. Once registered, follow the class at your own convenience. You'll receive one lesson per week via email. Complete the full class to become a Hiring Success Certified Expert. With each completed lesson, you are also eligible for one SHRM and HRCI credit. For more details, visit HiringSuccess.com slash masterclass. Once again, that's HiringSuccess.com forward slash masterclass.